there's a time for everything. Seems like I read that somewhere once, but we're not going to go into that right now. But there is a time for everything. That when people die, there's a time you should take to mourn. You should take something. It's important. It's part of human nature. There's a time to mourn, time to stop mourning. There's a time for war, time for peace. I realize I'm plagiarizing a lot of this from your book, Lord, but you understand what I mean. That's the nature of things. There's a time for everything. And because you are a political person, you wouldn't be watching my show right here on The Great First if you weren't a political person. I'm a political person. And because politics is what it is, especially in America today, how hard do you have to look to get mad about something? to feel badly about something, to put yourself in a bad mood about something. I'll be honest with you, just, just you and me talking here, shooting you straight. Last night, wife was watching one of her shows. Boys had gotten all their chores done. We turned them loose. They were playing. And I just had some time. And instead of doing what I try to do when I have some time, which is read a book or watch a documentary, I know I'm an old nerd. Instead of doing any of that, I thought to myself, you know, Let's see what's on in the news. Let's see, let's see what's going on in the world. So I didn't turn on the news, you're right, because I'm not an idiot. If I turn on anything, it'd be the first. Instead, I picked up my phone. And I went scrolling through the political news here and there and here and there. And remember, I was doing fine when I started this. 20 minutes later, I got up to go get something from the kitchen. And the wife looks at me, sees me over there. She says, what's wrong? Because I just had this scowl on my face. Because... This stuff, sometimes it just puts you in a bad mood, doesn't it? Sometimes it just is a gigantic downer. And not that the battle's not worth it. I understand that. We're going to keep doing that. But I do think it is important, especially around Thanksgiving time, Christmas time, this time of year, I do think it is important to talk about good things now and then, right? Life is good. I've used this example before, but I'm never going to stop using it because it is so appropriate. This right here, this is a glass of water. Just clean drinking water. I know you think I drink bourbon during the show. That's not true. It's actually just water, I promise. This is a glass of water. I am 17, 18 feet away, I would guess, from if I were to chug this glass of water, going back and filling it up. Filling it up as many times as I want. I can just sit there and fill it up and keep dumping it down the drain if I want. And the water in here is clean drinking water. There aren't any parasites in this water. It's not going to kill me or my family. I am like 17 feet away from endless amounts of clean drinking water. I know you're an American. I'm an American. With all due respect to our international viewers, we're Americans. So we probably don't get how amazing that is. But today, today, many, 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 many people around the globe woke up and they died because they didn't have access to one of these. Not one. Look around you. You don't have to go far. Maybe you're in a crappy apartment somewhere. Maybe you're in a mansion. Maybe you're watching this from work when you should be working. Look around you. Look at all the blessings we have. Look at how good life is here. And we can go on and on and on about how they're trying to destroy it and, and all that stuff's true. But just think about this. Think about if you woke up Sunday morning and you decided you want to do go to church in America. You could do that. 
nobody would stop you. Shoot, nobody would even frown at you. You realize there are people all across the globe, if they woke up on a Sunday morning and decided they wanted to go to church, they would understand that may be their last day alive on this planet for doing so. Have you thought about things like, and I know this is hokey, I'm going to sound like a grandpa, but have you thought about things like how cool our environment is in this country? How cool our ge geography is here? Now, maybe it's just because I've traveled this country to and fro for a long time. I've lived everywhere. I've visited everywhere. But the mountains, the deserts, the rivers, the beautiful northeast in the fall, the beaches of Florida, this is an awesome, awesome place to live. The fact that you were born in the United States of America means you already won life's lottery. It is good to be here. Be thankful for it. And another thing I think about, I think about this a lot, and maybe it's because of my time in the Marines, I don't know, but I think about the people who wake up and risk their lives. And I'm not gonna do you know, the normal hokey thing people do about that, but uh, picture this. this, this is real. Cops, let's talk about cops for a minute. We'll get to the Marines and whatnot. Cops across America today, they woke up and on their way to work, whatever shift they're working, they kiss their wife, they kiss their husband goodbye. And that cop knows, at least in the back of their mind, that might be the last time he ever sees his wife. Just by nature of the job. By nature of the job. Cops have to go out and wade through the muck of this society. Isn't that incredible? Because I think about my own life. What did I do today? Woke up, worked out, walked the dog, ate breakfast. I drove to a TV studio and I work for a company, the first that lets me say whatever I want. I'm talking into the camera for an hour to you, which I enjoy anyway, as you can probably tell. After this, I'm gonna go home, eat pizza, pet my dog. That's a good life, but there are people out there, they risk it every day. And let's talk about Marines. Let's talk about, sadly, Army. No, I'm kidding. Navy, Air Force. Let's talk about our military. I'll tell you, I've, I've witnessed this scene so many times and various times where I've had to leave the country for just a couple deployments and whatnot, nothing major. But I'd see these husbands, because I was in the infantry, all male units, and kids holding on to their dad saying, don't go, daddy. And then you know, you're not going for a long weekend. Right? You're not going to golf in Mexico with the fellas. You're gone for six months. You're gone for a year. How thankful are you there are people in this country still willing to do that? Still willing to raise their kids by a Zoom call? It's amazing the things people are doing on your behalf, in my behalf. And we don't thank them enough. We really don't. And I'll tell you something else. Not to get overly political on this show. But we are in a major, major, major fight for the soul of this country, for the future of what our culture is going to look like. And remember, culture is not complicated. They act like it is. It's not complicated at all. Culture is simply what your society incentivizes and disincentivizes. And right now, the people who are running this country, the people who are running the system, as I call it often, they hate this place, and they're trying to destroy it. Now, not complaining, it makes me pause and be thankful for the people out there on the right, such as yourself, who have the guts to step up and say something. Because it's not easy for most people to say something, because you know what comes with it. You know what comes with that. 
all the vitriol and name-calling and just nastiness out there. People risk their jobs for speaking up and saying the right thing now. People who are willing to step out and swim against the tide when everyone in society is saying no, and you step up and say, no, the right answer is yes, and there's no compromise on that. And I, I know what you might be thinking right now, because I have these thoughts a lot. I shouldn't, but I do. I focus on everyone on the right who isn't there when the going gets tough. They shrink away when that you know, heat gets a little too hot. Why do I focus on them? The truth is, it's always the few who do most of the fighting. So think about a friend you have who stands by you, who stands for the right things when you do. Be appreciative, be thankful for that friend. Think about somebody you read. Maybe you read all their articles they write or listen to their show, watch their show, whatever the case may be. Think about that person when they're saying things that are unpopular at the time and be thankful. And most of all, and I do mean most of all, I'm thankful for me. Don't worry, I actually have a little thing we're going to be doing on that later. <laughs> It'll be enjoyable. But we have an amazing show for you tonight. We have my buddy Buck Sexton. It's always a good time when Buck joins the show. Kira Davis is going to join us next. She's going to talk about her Thanksgiving foods, things she's thankful for. She's going to try to elaborate on why she enjoys road trips. What's wrong with you people? We have a great special plan for you. Let's all be thankful. We'll be back. Joining me now, as she often does, editor-at-large with Red State, Kira Davis. Kira, obviously we have a lot to talk about tonight with kids and Thanksgiving and everything else, but really we're just doing a show about everything we're thankful for, everything we're grateful for. There's enough dark news out there, certainly enough dark news out there. So let's begin with the most important thing. What are you most thankful for about me? I'm most thankful that I don't have to have Thanksgiving dinner with you because I feel like <laughs> like the crankiest Thanksgiving dinner ever. I would be talking about my road trips. You would be insulting road trips. I would be talking about all the fun things that I like to do. And you would be talking about how you like to kill fun because you hate fun. It would be. I just want, I, I just want to, I want you to, you have the floor. You have the floor. I want you to clarify grandma why do you like road trips? I mean, is it the people cutting you off? Is it eight hours in between destinations? Is it the gas station food? Please tell me the part you love most about road trips. Well, I feel like I don't have to justify why I love the road trips. Why, <laughs> why, why you don't love road trips? Road trips are great. You get to see a lot of the country. You get to have spontaneous experiences. I love to pull over when I see like a... Uh, a historical spot or something that's interesting—places uh, you've never seen. Oh my gosh, Jesse, were you born a cranky old man? Oh, uh, you know, true story, Kira. Just keeping it brief here for the interview purposes. Just went dove hunting with my buddy and his sons and my sons, and we were let him drive on the way down there, and I had to drive on the way back five hours. And I gathered all kids before we left on the way back, and I said, "Do you remember all those bathroom breaks you got to stop for under Nice Guy?" 
This bathroom you're by right now is the last one you're getting, so I suggest you go drain it here. And guess what? We made it all the way back five hours. Record time, Kira. <laughs> Good for you, Jesse. It sounds like you're a lot of fun on the road. <laughs> all right, Kira. Kids and Thanksgiving. In all seriousness, I know you are a parent who loves your kids. I am the same. What do you teach your kids about Thanksgiving? Well, we we usually go by what the first uh, Thanksgiving proclamation from George Washington said, which is this is establishment an establishment of a day where we collectively and corporately give thanks to our Creator for the provisions He's given us in this country. So in my house, Thanksgiving is really centered around um, what we're grateful for, of course, with each other. It's also centered around taking a few moments to just recount our blessings. You know, it doesn't, every day is a complaining day in America. Every day there are grievances that are aired. There are people with issues. And for my kids, we always emphasize, this is the one day where we all sit down together and we don't complain. We don't point out all of the flaws about each other and our home and this country and the we don't talk about the things we wish we have and had and the things we don't have we talk about the things that we do have we talk about the blessings that we do have our forefathers saw fit to establish an official day where we all just stopped and took a corporate breath and rested in a in a spirit of thanksgiving to our creator I know there are a lot of people in this country who might not believe in a creator, but the principle still stands. There's value in in us as a nation taking a few moments, a few hours together, one day of the year, just to say thank you, just to recognize all the great things we have. So that's how we focus here in the Davis household. Totally agree. And piggybacking on that, a couple things I do with my kids, not that anybody needs to copy me as the parents. I try to every night go pray with my boys And I make them, before we pray, tell me one thing they're thankful for, big or small, and then we thank God for it when we pray. And on Thanksgiving, my mother, speaking of what Kira does, used to do this thing. I hated it as a kid, and now I appreciate it a lot, where she would write every letter of the alphabet on a piece of paper, and she'd drop it all in a hat, and she would hand it around, and you got a letter... And you, she would just keep handing it around. And every time you got a letter, whatever that letter was, you had to say something you were thankful for that started with that. And that was something we did at everything. And I hated it. And every time she pulled it out, I rolled my eyes and, oh, this is so stupid, Mom. And now I'm absolutely making my kids do it this year, Kira. Well, that, my kids hate it when we do the whole, like, go around the table and say what you're thankful for. Like, everyone rolls their eyes. We all did it. But this is the whole thing about establishing tradition. This is the whole thing. We, we talk all year long, Jesse, you and I talk about how um, there are people who want to do away with the traditions of American society, do away with the traditional foundations. We don't need them anymore. They aren't relevant anymore. But this is how you establish thankfulness. This is how you establish a, a generation of people who appreciate what, we, what they have. You don't let them decide what you're you know what you're going to be thankful for and when you don't let them decide that some traditions and some ways of doing things are are wrong they don't know any better kids are idiots so it's up to us to keep establishing tradition because what happens is we end up with people like you jesse sure people who are (laughs) and hate road trips but also people like you who can look back and say okay I, i was annoyed by my mom but what it did was it really instilled a sense of normality for me around the concept of thanksgiving 
Kira, I'm not under the impression parents hate their kids. I know there are some evil parents out there, obviously, which is terrible, but I, I, it's, I, it's my general assumption that even communists love their own children, which is unbelievable. But why do you think parents try to pass misery down to their kids instead of being grateful or feeling blessed? It almost seems like sometimes it's intentional, doesn't it? Well, it does. I would say part of this is the, we might call it socialism. I call it the spirit of envy, which has sort of permeated American life these days. I think there's always a temptation for people to look around and say, hey, I don't have as much as that other person. And there has to be an explanation for it. That's not any problem with me because I don't want to have to be the one responsible for my own prosperity. I think we are sort of driven to blame other people for not having all the things we want. That's human nature. And I think the story of America is us sort of fighting against our worst nature to come closer and closer to what we think the creator had in store for us. And that's why we have days like Thanksgiving where we do take the time to recognize that there is a creator who made all this and, and provided all this for us. So I think part of it, I'm with you, Jesse. I don't think like, there are parents out there who are like, I hate my kids, I want them to be miserable. I think there are parents out there who feel bad about the things they don't have, who wish they had more, who might feel bitterness that someone else has more, and they haven't quite grasped the real, true tradition of America, which is the fact that this country doesn't really owe us opportunity, but our country in and of itself is the opportunity. Kira, I'm positive the answer to this question is going to be so disappointing. I just, I know it for a fact, but what are the Thanksgiving Day foods eaten in the Davis household? Uh, my husband likes to have two types of meat. So we usually have traditional turkey, and then this year he got a ham. Sometimes it's lamb. We have mac and cheese because we're black, and black people don't uh, have any uh, major family meal without mac and cheese. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause real quick, pause real quick. Please tell me you have some homemade mac and cheese recipe that you can text me when this is done. Uh, I don't, I do. It's not really something that's written down though, Jesse. It's kind of a spirit. Oh, great. Oh, great. Well, your spirit really helps me eat it. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll see what I can do for you. But yeah, that, and I am typically not the cook. I'm not a great cook. Not, nothing I've ever really learned to do. My husband's really the cook in the house. I'll tell you one thing, Jesse, one tradition that he has started in the last decade that I really don't like with our Thanksgiving table is Brussels sprouts. Like he decided oh. he's a fan of Brussels sprouts. And listen, you can put almost anything in bacon grease and I will eat it. But even the Brussels sprouts fried in bacon grease, like I'm having to tell myself stories about what I'm eating so I can get it down. I'm not a fan of the Brussels sprout. But 22 years of marriage, oh, I will never, you, know, you have to compromise. I'll never understand it. I'll never understand it. The wife did the same thing for me. It's on all the fancy celebrity like restaurant things. I'll try our special Brussels sprouts. It's on the, and the wife tried to do the same thing with bacon grease and she's putting garlic and butter and everything in it and they were still garbage. No, Kira Davis, have a happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. So that's our Thanksgiving table. And of course we have a lot of booze. We're big drinkers. Yes, ma'am. Well, 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 I mean, as you should. Kira Davis, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving, Jesse. My buddy Buck Sexton joins me next.
Joining me now is not a man who needs introduction for anybody watching me. Of course, he hosts Hold the Line on the first TV and, of course, the Clay and Buck show. Buck Sexton. Buck, we're doing a big Thanksgiving special about a bunch of stuff we're thankful for in America and everything else. We're going to get into foods and all that, but I think it would be appropriate for you to lead with everything you're thankful for about me. Well, first of all, it's just good to know that it's possible to go through life as an actual giant and that America has become <laughs> so accepting of nine foot tall individuals that, you know, there was a time, Jesse, where a nine footer, you know, wasn't going to be invited to the birthday party, wasn't allowed on the commercial <laughs> jet. But you have broken through that barrier. And I just feel like. Granted, you have to order those special shoes because it'll make them for human beings in your size. But, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's hope out there for everybody. That's all. You know, one, that's not nice. Two, it's, this is no joke. <laughs> you brought it up. I swear, we did, I, I swear we didn't set this up beforehand. When I buy shoes, because everyone buys shoes online now, right? No one goes into an actual yeah. store. When I buy shoes, I have to go to a website where I can specifically select my shoe size first. Because it eliminates like 90% of the shoe options out there. They don't even make them in my size. Same thing with pants. People don't know the burden of being 6'8", Buck. I mean, I, I got to tell you, Jesse, since we're, we're talking about this, I am thankful for the internet as well because I have to special order, and I'm not even sure I should admit this on TV, but you know what? It's Thanksgiving and I'm thankful for it. True story, I have to special order baseball hats because your height is like what the circumference of my cranium is, which is freakishly huge. So I have to go to a specialty baseball hat site. I'm not even kidding. It's called like Vamoose Hats or something and get a hat that's big enough for my giant noggin. Uh, life. This is real. That sucks. Maybe it's the lettuce, but you can't get rid of that much hair. All right. All right, let's focus here. America. I, I was going over in the very beginning of the show, Buck, just things like, I mean, water. We don't realize how great, how, how blessed we are to have endless supplies of clean drinking water right close to us. What are you thankful for about America? Oh, man, this place is amazing, right? And one way to, to keep in mind how awesome it is is, you know, I like to watch a lot of movies, as my brothers say, where there are dudes with beards and swords drinking need and and you know getting ready for warfare like that's kind of my genre and i gotta say i would rather be a run-of-the-mill american today than be any one of those guys you know hundreds of years ago right i mean we're, we live in such abundance our biggest problems are how soft and pasty we get i mean particularly you know and uh <laughs> you know it's it it's just amazing, and and you know we we live in such a time of, of abundance and such a time of uh, of you know tremendous excess that it's easy for people to get spoiled. I think a lot of the problems of America today, Jesse, and in a, in a weird way, this is like political, but it also is. We've ceased to be thankful for the more basic things because everything is so awesome that people keep coming up with make believe problems. You know what? You're 100 percent right on this. I think you and I have had this conversation privately before. When you when you look at, we're not going to go into too much politics, but the person out there who did, doesn't know what gender he is and he's become an activist or some, one of these whack jobs out there, really what you're looking at is somebody who's simply bored. You don't see any of those people in Zimbabwe walking down to the river trying to get clean drinking water. For some reason, they never have any of those people. But here in America, you have time to be an absolute nutter because we have it so good. 
Yeah, people need purpose. This is a real thing that's always been true throughout history. For a lot of people, a large part of that, and I mean greater purpose, a large part of that was driven by religion, a belief in God, and a connection to uh, the afterlife and, and the why we're here on earth questions. And now in modern society, and, and I think people were closer to that too because like, you know, you cut yourself shaving, you get a staph infection. A few hundred years ago, even 150 years ago, you're toast, right? So people had much more of a who knows what's going to happen attitude. And so they were closer and had this other sense of why they were here and what the purpose of it was. It's true all over the world in different ways. And now we're just like, oh my gosh, am I going to, you know, just cover everything in, you know, hazelnut Nutella and get so fat that I can barely <laughs> move? Like we have a different, I mean, this is my dream, obviously. We have a, a very different approach to things. And so that's why you get, you know, climate change and the transgender rights agenda and all these issues that people make into these tremendously important things that they really have in 99.999% of cases no connection to, don't really even believe in a lot of the time, but they're just looking to be something. They're looking to have some reason. So I'm thankful that America is so amazing that people have to come up not only with problems, but make-believe reasons for why we exist. Buck, speaking of food, you have me thinking mm. about the hazelnut Nutella and stuff like mm. that. Speaking of food... Your favorite Thanksgiving foods. Now, I understand you have a bit of a different diet. What's the Buck Sexton Thanksgiving Day spread? So I appreciate you being so gentle around what sounds like my commie dietary restriction of no <laughs> gluten, because this is known in places like California and New York as something that the elites are like, I don't want gluten and I want non-GMO. I unfortunately have a rare genetic condition called celiac disease, where you actually cannot eat gluten uh, which is in wheat, barley, spelt, rye, and a few other things. And uh, that means that I have to have my whole family, and I'll say they're very nice about this, they just use gluten substitutes. So all the meats, all the potatoes, all the rice, all the, all the veggies, good to go. The only thing that the Sextons have to do special order, or special make, I should say, is stuffing. And this is where it gets sad, folks. Gluten-free stuffing not as good as real stuffing. It's one of the few things that that's true about. So that's my that's the the cross that I must bear so to speak on this one, Jesse. I can't have real man I can't have real American stuffing. Buck, I do have to ask though cuz you just glossed right over this. Please tell me you guys don't eat turkey for Thanksgiving. You I mean no one likes turkey, Buck. You've never been in a restaurant and ordered turkey. Look, I'm I'm part of the chicken is better than turkey uh Train. I mean, I, I believe that, but you know, there is this whole thing, Jesse, we like to think of in this country as tradition. And if you remember, there were some oh. pilgrims with some blunderbusses <laughs> way back when, and they were shooting a turkey, and it was going gobble gobble till it wasn't, and that is what the folks were eating. So I will say, if a turkey is very expertly prepared, and my mother, the matriarch of the Sexton family, uh, does a very good turkey, that said, secretly, her roast chicken is better. Just because. A really good roast chicken, I think, is better than a good roast turkey. So that's where we are. See, it's a fact. And with all due respect to Mrs. Sexton and her turkey, which I'm sure is wonderful, if I have to make it perfectly to have it be edible, then it ain't good. But let's set that aside for a minute. What, what, what is your side that you put? I mean, I mentioned Nutella before. Do you have a side that ends up kind of all over the rest of the food because it's so good? Because I got one in mind. I do, actually, as a matter of fact. The Kellys, we don't do anything traditional for Thanksgiving. I refuse to, in any way, be a slave to any tradition, Buck. I
told, I go out and I buy the best cut you can find, usually about a four or five pound beef tenderloin. I then will marinate it beginning Tuesday morning. I will marinate it for 48, 72 hours before Thanksgiving. And with that, we're going to have fettuccine Alfredo and berry cobbler, homemade berry cobbler with homemade vanilla ice cream on it, and Red Lobster's Cheddar Bay Biscuits, which you can buy in the grocery store now. That's how you do Thanksgiving, Buck. That sounds quite delicious. I will tell you that a member of the Sexton family, my own sister, is on the Jesse Kelly Red Lobster Biscuits uh, train as well. Huge fan, huge fan of the Red Lobster Biscuits. They do appear sometimes at family gatherings. Unfortunately, they are not gluten-free. But I was going to say candied yams or like the sweet potatoes with the... Uh, with the Stay Puft marshmallow stuff on top, you know? That is magnifique. And that is what ends up, for me, just kind of like the all-purpose. Some people use the gravy for everything. I just end up kind of smooshing the sweet potatoes all over the place. Yeah, that works. That works. See, I used the marinade for my tenderloin. That was why I, I didn't even answer your you. question. Look at me. Marinade. But that was the answer to your question. All marinade right, tenderloin. Why? Look at this fancy. Mr. I Like Red Lobsters marinating his, like, Wagyu A5 here at, like, $500 an ounce or whatever on Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> let's not make it something it's not. All right, Buck, you know, why do you, are you thankful Jesse, for do the you first? massage the cow's butt before they, before they <laughs> actually turn into steaks? Is that how this goes? You know what? We're Ridiculous. moving on. Why are you thankful moving for the on. first? Why why should people become supporters of the first, but Oh man, this is this is one of the very few places where you've got people who just say exactly what's on their mind. Yeah, we we're conservatives, obviously, but we let it rip. And we're here because we love speaking the truth to the people. We never get told what to say or how to say it. And so if people if that matters in an era where I feel like everyone just cares about being on the right side instead of being right very important to have places like this so i'm very thankful for the first even for you you tall self-loving loving son of a gun <laughs> buck sexton everybody thank you buck i appreciate it good to see you happy thanksgiving jesse to your fam and to everybody out there you too my brother and if you want to support the first go to the slash support we'll be back told you it was going to be a great show, a good show, uh, a show about Thanksgiving, a show about counting your blessings and all the things you're thankful for. And as you know, I've been asking everybody, what are you thankful for? What do you love? And I don't think it would be right to do an entire show and only talk about this person or that person or this subject without me coming up here and saying some things I'm thankful for, some things from the heart I'm thankful for. Because you know I don't get sentimental much, right? It's just not who I am. They come across a little bit gruff sometimes. I'm not a sentimental person. So bear with me. Let's just talk about some things I'm thankful for. First thing I'm thankful for is my humility. I really think, uh, for the most part, my humility tends to shine through day after day after day. As you can see there. I'm thankful for, I mean, more than just my own humility, because that's focusing on me, and we don't need to only focus on me. More than my own humility, I'm thankful for my family. I think about the times I've 
treasured with them, and as you can see, I've taken pictures with them. I'm thankful for having certain special abilities other people don't necessarily have. You see, I understand that I have, I've been given two hands and I've been given a mind that works differently. So when I can build a shed with my bare hands, that's something, honestly, I'm grateful for. I think it's wonderful. And it's not just me. I don't want to act like it's just about me. I'm grateful for the memes you guys send me especially the ones that include pictures of me, even ones that insult my freakishly large height. I am thankful for companies that sell products made in the USA, especially products with such beautiful designs on them. Just absolutely beautiful. Oh, you can go to thefirsttv.com slash store if you'd like any of those. I'm grateful for those. And most of all, maybe, maybe more than anything else in the world, I am grateful for Kamala Harris, Vice President Dome, and the example she has set for women everywhere. Just think how incredible it is that you have this, this young girl, and she has this real, real desire to get into politics. She can feel it in her knees, and she has just decided that she will do absolutely anything to make it happen. And so she chooses to just dive in there and suck it up and make it happen. And, and look, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes when you dive in like that, especially when it's that deep, you, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it doesn't work. But sometimes at the back end of all that, sometimes all that hard effort, sometimes it pays off. Sometimes... You may begin in the dumps. You may begin on your knees. Sometimes you end on the top of a mountain. And I think it is a true rags to riches story. I salute Kamala Harris. I salute her as being a model to women everywhere of how they can truly get ahead. All right. Coming up next, you've heard me dog on turkey a lot. I've been ripping on it. I admit that. I realize that's a controversial take. I've had more emails than I can count in the past couple of days. Oh, you haven't had my grandma's turkey. Oh, Jesse, my Cajun injected turkey. A deep fried. I, I, I understand. I've been presenting a lot of problems. What I'm going to present next is a solution. Hang on. I realize I made a bunch of hay when I started blasting away at Turkey. I've been pretty hard on Turkey recently. And I'm not going to rescind that. I'm not taking it back at all. I, I said what I said. I don't like it. I don't think it's special. You've never once gone into a restaurant and ordered it. So you should have something special for Thanksgiving. But, but I don't want to be this guy who only presents problems. You know people like this in your life. Undoubtedly. There's somebody who's always, I don't like the color of your drapes. Oh, okay. Well, what color should I, sh should I put up there? Oh, I don't know. It's not my problem. There's, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. If I'm presenting problems, I want to present solutions with them. So Thanksgiving is a special day. No, it's a special day. Very special day. Shouldn't you have some special food with it? And what in the world 
would be more special. Think outside of the box here. Got a bunch of family coming over. What would be more surprising, special, and memorable than making the greatest cheeseburgers in the world? Step one, put your butt in the car, go down to the grocery store. You need to go to the burger aisle, obviously. Now, I don't want to hear about your health food crap. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to lose weight, Jesse. I, I don't care. I don't care. You need to get the fattiest burger you can. Normally, that's going to be 80-20 in a lot of grocery stores. Here at some of the ones we have in Texas, they actually have 73-27, always the route to go. I will explain in a little while why that matters. Get the fattiest burger you can possibly find, okay? Health food is for the next day. We're making Jesse Kelly burgers here. Then, waltz on over to the cheese aisle. And I need you to look at all that amazing cheese, all those great real cheeses, which I love. And I need you to walk right by all of those and get to the American cheese singles. Yes, American cheese is the best way to make a burger. It gets melty, it gets creamy, it's the best way to do it. Save your snooty. Oh, what about Havarti? That's for tomorrow at your crackers and cheese party. These are Jesse Kelly burgers. We make these with American cheese. Next, to the buns. I'm going to try to be calm when I explain this to you. I see people all the time walking by, grabbing buns, and they just look for what they're looking for, hot dog or hamburger, and they grab the pack and walk away. You must finger the buns. You must feel each and every pack to make sure you're getting the superior bun. The bun is not just some vehicle to get the burger into your mouth. It is a critical part of the burger. Get the right buns. My word, man. Have some pride. Next, you're going to go over to the seasonings section. You're going to get garlic powder, not salt, not salt, garlic powder. You're going to get whatever actually generic seasoning you like. I mean, pick your generic seasoning. It doesn't matter that much. If you prefer one, get one. And then for the star of the show, you're going to walk to the hot sauce section of your grocery store and you're going to get Chipotle Tabasco sauce. Notice I said Chipotle Tabasco sauce. Did you hear me say, oh, whatever hot sauce you like or this Chipotle, whatever. Did I say that? No, I said Chipotle Tabasco sauce. Now you're going home. Now you're going to make your burger patties. Your burger patties are going to be made by dumping all the burger in whatever container you like, and then you're going to grab your garlic powder, and you're going to dust the top of it with there. Not too much, not too little. You're going to take your, garlic, your, your general seasoning. Do not overuse it. It's not the star of the show. Do not overuse it. You can make these burgers too salty. You can make these burgers too salty. Again, learn from my mistakes. Put a generous amount on there, but not too much. Then, the Chipotle Tabasco sauce. Drown it in Chipotle Tabasco sauce. Pour what you think has to be way too much Chipotle Tabasco sauce, and then look at it, and then say, okay, I'm going to pour even more on there, and pour even more on there. Believe me when I tell you, if you're intimidated by the heat, don't be. Most of that heat will cook off. Most of that heat will cook off. You want to use too much. I'll use half a bottle for a pound of burger. It's that much. I drown it in the stuff. Now you form your burgers. Burgers are not supposed to be fat. Burgers are supposed to be thin. Make a thin patty. It could be wide. That's fine. A thin patty is what you're going for. Oh, but Jesse, I like more meat. That's fine. Make a double cheeseburger. You can make a double. That's fine. A good burger is a thin burger, not a thick burger. Now, finally, 
where are you cooking these? I want you to go outside. I want you to look at your grill. And I want you to look at it good and hard. And then I want you to say, not today, grill. You cook my burgers on a flat top. If you have a flat top of some kind you can put on your grill, that's fine. Cast iron pan or something like that. If you want to just use a frying pan in the house, that's fine. You make my burgers one at a time because each one deserves its own personal attention. You don't mass produce my burgers one at a time. You cook them on a flat top. You make sure they cook there in their own fat. Sizzle till it's ready. Flip. The second you flip it, put the cheese on. Melt the cheese on your burger. We are not animals here. When you're done with that, remove the burger patty, place it on your bun. You don't need a single condiment for my burger. Believe me, the ketchup, mustard, mayo. Don't you dare assault my burger with lettuce and tomato. You can put condiments on it if you want to, but it's not necessary. Burger, cheese, bun. Enjoy the greatest burgers on the planet. You're welcome. I'll see you tomorrow.